0: Did you plan this song? I mean, I missed... Oh, that's a good one. Man, I missed you, Adrian. <laughs> I missed you. I missed uh, our listeners. I missed the show. missed everybody yesterday. For those of you that don't know, it was Yom Kippur, the Jewish Day of Atonement. It's where we um, fast, no food, no water. Although, if you take medicine, you obviously can take water. can't uh, you know swallow pills dry. Well, you could, but not recommended. And then you uh, repent for your sins for the past year. You ask God to write you into the Book of Life. Remember, the Jewish calendar is Rosh Hashanah is the Jewish New Year. It always falls usually around uh, sometime in September. And then 10 days later is uh, Yom Kippur. So I um, bounced around from synagogue to temple to the Anasim Center, which is this brand new... uh, uh, congregation that uh, Rabbi Leon put together where it's basically people that, um, you know, fled to Mexico during the Spanish Inquisition, had no idea that their family roots were Jewish, and then they've kind of rediscovered them, you know, themselves and the religion. So that was yesterday. That was all day yesterday. And then... um Got back in time to, um, you know, catch the uh, the end of Sports Talk with uh, Adrian, who did a terrific job, by the way. Thank you, as always, for handling the duties with me. I'm sorry I missed you and Bernie. I need to make my picks before I get a zero and uh, <laughs> put myself behind the eight ball for the rest of the season for the Chick-fil-A Sun Bowl watch. Well, but,
1: I yeah. hope you've it for your sake, Steve, because I'm, I'm struggling right now.
0: Are you? Big time! I'm, no, I'm big time struggling I right now. It. I think that's a lie. I do. And by the way, how about this? How about I, I, I'm gone yesterday, and that's that's when the minor collective breaks. The new NIL for UTEP basketball. Like, there's always. I'm telling you, I don't. I can't explain it. I don't understand it. But when I take days off, something big always happens in sports locally. Always, like you know. Uh, when I'm off in spring training in spring, usually there's a coaching change at UTEP, guaranteed, or some other big news. Yesterday was the Minor Collective. So I missed the show. Although hopefully, I mean, and I and I say this hopefully, I mean, you know, hopefully that uh, we'll have a, a very happy, sweet year for us, for all of you out there. You know, I, I don't just, uh, you know, I don't just pray for me and my family. I pray for everybody. Hopefully everybody does well and has a good year, a big year. And nonetheless, um, Tough being gone. Great to be back. It rained this morning in the west side. I don't think it even rained on the east side, but this morning on the west side was pouring rain. And um, I started thinking about it. I was like, man, I f- I'm feeling now like we're getting into fall. I finally, you know, the 90-degree the temps are gone. I feel like it's going to be in the 70s for the rest of the week. Adrian, the weather's starting to cool up. Sports is starting to heat up. Baseball playoffs are going to be amazing. UTEP's got a chance to win three in a row. Locomotive unfortunately came up uh, short in the second half in a game they had to have, which they didn't have. Um, and you know, there's just there's so much sports going on right now, and I am grateful to be blessed with some terrific sports around here, locally, nationally. We got a lot to cover, a lot to talk about, and we only have three hours today considering we'll have Jay Jaffe, considering we'll have Jeff Erickson, considering we're going to have Lee Sterling, and then Lane Frank's going to be joining us in our final hour of the show.
1: Yeah, loaded show today, getting ready for a huge weekend that's coming up. Uh, It starts tonight, Thursday night football, uh, kicks off in a boring fashion. I'm just going to call it what it is. Colts, Broncos, no Javante Williams on one side with Denver, no Jonathan Taylor on the other side with the Colts. So if you've got fantasy uh, implications right now, now is the time to set up all your uh, leagues right now. So we got, uh, you know, this weekend's kicking off right now. A huge weekend of college football, huge weekend of baseball, talking playoffs that we're going to get to here on 600 ES. ESPN El Paso, along with a busy, busy NFL Sunday. So can't wait.
0: Oh, it's huge. By the way, um, big props to Bob Moore from El Paso Matters. He broke the story on the NIL. Nice job, Bob. Bob. Bob very rarely gets into sports, but when he does, it's usually something big. This is exactly that. And now that the website is live which for those of you who would like to check it out, it is um, theminercollective.com. theminercollective, all one word, .com. And they have now put this thing together. They've launched it. Adrian, you have been uh, on this story ever since Bob first put it out there yesterday. And I know you even had a chance to talk to Josh Hunt um, regarding the Minor Collective and how um, El Paso's business leaders are wanting to make UTEP basketball competitive again through NIL because, unfortunately, we are now living in an NIL world and... And if you're, if you're, um, you know, if you're behind the times snooze, you lose in a big way. Now that this is really getting, uh, you know, so much, uh, attention on the call co- of the collegiate landscape.
1: Yeah. I think this is, uh, one of the biggest stories you're going to hear about UTEP basketball, uh, for a while now, and it's going to level up a lot of things at UTEP. Number one, it's going to lever level up their leverage when it comes to trying to bring in recruits. I'm not saying it's the be all end all in recruiting, but I'm telling you this, the this is just the facts in college basketball right now, men's college basketball across the country, we are seeing players uh, and recruits going out to different colleges and they are demanding X amount of dollars. So there are certain players making certain amount of money at the mid major level. Mm -hmm. And there are other players making X amount of money at the power five level. That's just how it is right now in a name image likeness world that we live in right now in college basketball. And now where UTEP gets into the mixes where, where it was just kind of the wild, wild West. No one wanted to touch this from the UTEP perspective. They're still not touching it. And outside Collective uh, in the Minor Collective, they're coming in as a third party to help out with the NIL efforts to try to help out all the scholarship student-athletes with men's basketball. Now, first questions that might come to mind, is this going for other sports? Well, not yet. With the Minor Collective, they're focused on men's basketball. They feel like they can make the biggest impact right there. And across college Sports, what we're seeing more and more is basketball. That that's where you're starting to see a lot of the higher dollars spent, uh, because you know it's fewer players. It's also it it can bring a lot to your university across the board.
0: That is true. Now I'll say this, okay? As UTEP football sustains winning, sustains winning, I would expect the minor collective to branch off into football, and I wouldn't be surprised if it branches off into volleyball. Soccer and all the other sports out there because there are plenty of fans with dollars that would like to get involved for NIL opportunities to try and make each sport as good as they possibly can be. But for the start, for the launch, the Minor Collective is all about basketball.
1: That's exactly right, and I think that um, you, you look at just other schools who have done this so far, I think that's another really important thing to, to mention is this is not a new thing. UTEP is still behind the eight ball when it comes to all this stuff right here. NILs, paying players, uh, properly compensating players, that's how I should say it and, and frame this, but you look at a school like UAB, another team in Conference USA who, uh, let's just be honest, they have leveled up big time when it comes to their athletics, and uh, especially men's basketball, they were mm-hmm. able to keep their standout last year for men's basketball in Jordan Jelly Walker uh, and they were also able to get uh, LSU transfer Eric Gaines on their team. Well, why? They have the Southside Solution, which is their NIL collective, and it only supports uh, football and men's basketball. Now, the the question might come up, well, gosh, are all these collectives just helping out the major sports, men's basketball, football? Well, I found another example. UTSA currently has Runners Rising, which Mm. allows people to donate to the sport of their choice so it's an nil collective but it can go to any of the sports out there for utsa
0: that's interesting so and i think that could be what eventually happens adrian but at least not at least not yet right not yet
1: not yet but uh the the, uh men's basketball situation is real interesting because this is the first of its kind of any kind at utep i mean utep has had some little nil deals here and there it's guest appearances we had remember we had
0: the last year the, the 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 He retired, he started a website, he was trying to get UTEP basketball players opportunities to make money, and he built the site himself, and that was kind of the the launch. We did that last year, and it was grassroots. It was small, but the intentions were the same. They just didn't have the resources that now they have with what is going to be a much a very powerful group of some of El Paso's top business leaders. Yeah,
1: and I, I think it was minorball.com or something like that, mm-hmm. the one that you're referencing, That's Steve? exactly. Uh, and that one was a, had great intentions all the way across the board. Now you're just coming in at a whole new level, right? Like players, uh, scholarship student-athletes who play for the men's basketball team will be compensated regularly. It, it, this is like a regular revenue stream that will come to them. Uh, and this is huge. I, I mentioned things like leverage in recruiting, but it's also leverage in retention players. Like, year after year, UTEP lost. First off, it was Bryson Williams who left. That was their best player. He ends up going to Texas Tech uh, and and over there at Texas Tech rumored to make some NIL dollars over there. We've, saw, we've seen it uh, during his time over there. Sule Boom leaves the program. UTEP's best player from last season. He averaged almost 20 points a game uh, and he ends up leaving for Xavier. I wouldn't be surprised to see Sule get an NIL deal through Xavier down the line through their NIL collective.
0: That's true. And by By the way, MinorBall.com has now morphed into the NIL.app. And essentially, uh, Doyle, uh, who joined us on the show, if you remember correctly, we had uh, Doyle on the program. And, uh, you know, he was part of the uh, he really formed this himself Doyle Gaither he's now a, you know he's trying to do this for any school in any university but unfortunately it hasn't taken off yet and that's just the reality when you're when you're trying to do this at a smaller scale it's much tougher than it is if you do this at a much larger larger scale and that's just the reality of the situation because we had Doyle on he had mentioned these you know his intentions were really great for UTEP wanting to help he had Sule Boom on for it the problem is, like you said, grassroots just getting going and UTEP needs something bigger, something more lucrative, and they've really been able to do that now with the Minor Collective.
1: Yeah, I'll give you an example. So let's say UTEP is, uh, let, let's say there's a recruit coming to UTEP, and this is this has not been confirmed, nothing like this has happened, this is all hypothetical, but I'm talking about a high-level recruit who comes to UTEP and says, well, what kind of NIL opportunities are here for me? The answer right now, as of right now, before this launches, had to have been, well, there's nothing. Maybe there's a couple donors here and there who could sponsor you and give you a deal through their own business they might hire you from time to time as kind of contract labor but this is that leverage this is where they can say hey we actually have this outreach program this minor collective a nonprofit that will you know give you x amount of dollars or that that is willing to work with you on nil deals and that's what makes this so interesting
0: but part of their message says this like all NIL collectives, the minor collective cannot recruit nor offer money as a, a play-for-pay uh, incentive. Rather, the minor collective is a way to provide support and income to UTEP men's basketball athletes for the use of their name, image, or likeness.
1: Sure, sure, exactly. And I I would say this, um, if a recruit tells you, hey, I can't live off X, Y, and Z money-wise, I need help. Well, that's where these kind of incentives can really help out scholarship players on the men's basketball team.
0: Fascinating. All right, interesting story. Um, We're going to probably dive deeper into the minor collective. Hopefully, we'll have an opportunity uh, sometime next week to bring uh, Josh Hunt and Miguel Fernandez onto the show to talk more in depth about the minor Collective because I know our listeners really want to hear more about this based on what they've done, but if you don't have the opportunity and you want to get a great uh, primer, read Adrian's story on the website because I think you've done a really nice job of explaining this, explaining what they want to do, and how UTEP can really start to uh, stay and, and and essentially rebuild their basketball program uh, from the ground up with this.
1: Um, this is a game changer. This is how UTEP gets back to getting the type of recruitment that Rodney Terry brought into UTEP. Uh, the high-level names, top 150 recruits, 300 recruits, whatever you want to say. This is what takes UTEP to another level. It's
0: huge news. Alright, so anyway, that's up on the website, 600 com. Please rate it. Excellent. We'd love to hear from you. You can tweet the show, at 600 ESPN El Paso. That's at 600 ESPN El Paso. Got a lot to cover over the next three hours, that's for sure. Jay Jaffe, next, to talk baseball postseason. And man, Oh man, some of the best playoff matchups you can dream up on paper going to be starting here uh, tomorrow. So we'll talk about that with Jay right after we go to Charlie one and get our first traffic update of our Thursday commute. Past the hour as we continue here on Sports Talk. Let's welcome back this man to the show talks, baseball and beer with us every week on the program. And now that the regular season is over, a lot of playoff talk with Jay Jaffe from fangraphscom or you can follow on Twitter at j underscore Jaffe, uh, Aaron judge got it done hit 62. We now hear that an auction house has offered $2 million to a fan who caught the ball. Uh, although he hasn't decided what he wants to do with it yet. Um, you know, Jay. So much has been made of uh, of of Judge. I almost feel like they've completely tried to throw aside what what Bonds, McGuire, and Sosa did during that period of time in the '90s and 2000s, which would basically just completely nullify baseball from that time era. So, you know, everybody's making such a big deal about trying to be clean and all this and all that. Well, you're, you're, almost, you're almost trying to just erase a period of time in which baseball really had some, some terrific seasons, some terrific power, and obviously it wasn't just bonds. I mean, a lot of guys hit 50-plus home runs over those periods of time.
2: Yeah, you know, look, I've said this a million times. Baseball had a complete institutional failure when it came to um, combating the the proliferation of of performance-enhancing drugs. Uh, In in the 90s and early 2000s, they looked the other way when they had plenty of reason to believe what was going on. Um, Barry Bonds and others who passed the uh, uh, the 61 home run mark, the numbers are the numbers. There's no, you know, you can you know you can you can, you can uh... put them in context but they are the numbers those are the records Um i think uh... the way that that uh... that some of the people who have um who were cheering right along with 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 uh... whatever happened then including roger maris jr himself um, you know when mark mcguire passed uh... uh... his father um, you know they were, they were they were part of this too and and uh... um you know, it's. I think it's disingenuous and, and uh, intellectually dishonest uh, for them to pretend that they weren't. That they weren't cheering then. Um, I think it che- also the whole thing kind of cheapens what Aaron Judge has done by igniting this historical debate. Aaron Judge, hit, you know, he set he set an American League record. He set a Yankees record. He reached a number that that for a long time was thought to be insurmountable. Yes, we have distance from the from the the PED era, and that's great. Uh, you know it doesn't it, but it, calling it the authentic record uh or whatever uh, i think um, you know serves serves to distort the fact that it, all of baseball history uh has been distorted by various imbalances segregation sure. uh the use of amphetamines uh, uh, other uh other scant you know cheating scandals things like that i mean you know it, what we do is we put we put the record in context um, but the numbers are the numbers, and 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 we can't pretend that they didn't happen. You're
0: 100 percent right, and the truth is, we don't know what Aaron Judge is. Uh, you know what what he's taken. We don't. We he hasn't obviously had any negative tests like Fernando Tatis Jr. But nobody would have expected Tatis to test positive a few months ago and see the ramifications and damages. And the truth is, we don't know for sure. So instead of worrying about uh, you know baseball being clean and baseball being dirty, how about just enjoying the game and seeing some of the most remarkable. Bonds had to hit 73 home runs and was walked over 120 times that season and if you really put it into context what he was able to do there was never a better hitter during that period of time as feared as he was being able to do so much when, when he was up at the plate.
2: Yeah it, it, exactly and and you know the pitchers he was facing we have plenty of evidence that the pitchers he was facing were using too so you know I, it's it's not uh, to, to single those guys out Based on the fact that that a record that we don't like being broken was broken, I think is is just silly and and I think a lot of a lot of uh, um, nationally prominent people have have embarrassed themselves in in this conversation Agreed. Uh, and it kind of saddens me. but uh, um you know to get back to judge, what an accomplishment, what a season. It's not just the sixty one home runs. Um, you know, but his overall rate of production, the fact that he came so close to winning the triple crown. 11.5 um, war by fan graphs measure, 10.5 war by baseball references measure. I mean, this is an historic season. This is a Mike Trout level season, um, and we may not see the likes of it again for, for quite a while.
0: At the same time, what Shohei Otani did this year has never been done before yeah. to this level. It is, I mean, he topped last season, Jay, and he won the MVP last year.
2: Yeah, incredible. He qualified uh, for the batting title and the ERA title, which has never been done. Both of those are based on on uh, per game uh, totals: three point one plate appearances per game, so that's five hundred and two plate appearances for a full season, uh, and uh, one inning pitch per per team game, and that's one hundred and sixty-two innings. Nobody's ever done that, and he did it. He was, uh, I, I believe, in the top six or to, uh, top six in. OPS plus top four in ERA plus. I mean, or the it's or the other way around. Just absolutely stunning. I mean, this is a guy who would be contending for an award based on either of those accomplishments. I mean, you know, if we were playing the field, I think you make a much better case for uh, for him on the offensive side. But um, really uh, fantastic season. I you know I. I've argued on on behalf of Otani winning the award. I think it's going to judge. I think if I had my ballot now, I would probably put judge just because uh such a singularly impressive season on the offensive side. But I, I you know, I think in any other season, uh o- Otani probably should 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 win that award.
0: If there was ever a year for co-MVPs, is it this season?
2: It, I you know, I would be, I would think it would be a great uh, a great outcome, but it seems highly unlikely.
0: I understand. Uh, Jay Jaffe with us right now uh, uh, from Fangraphs talking baseball and beer. If you go to the website, you'll see NL Wildcard series preview. He's got it up for the Mets and Padres and all the series previews are up at uh, Fangraphs.com right now. By the way, I I feel I don't know about you, but given the Dodgers' record-breaking number of wins this season, the fact that the Braves were able to beat the Mets out in the final week of the season to take the division and now we get Mets-Padres to start things off along with the the rest of the matchups with Tampa, Cleveland, Philly, St. Louis, Seattle, Toronto. This really has a chance to be Jay, one of the great playoffs uh, in in many many years for Major League Baseball.
2: Yeah, I'm not a big fan of this format. I'll be honest with you. Um, you know, I think that the I think there's a there's a huge failure here in terms of the the lack of a reseeding after the first round and the fact that. Um, you know the uh, the Dodgers will have you know could could it wind up playing a hundred-win team rather than uh, the winner of uh, uh, the other the other series. You know, so it's it's not this is not as well designed as it could be, um, and I don't think Major League Baseball thought through all the consequences when they uh, decided that they wanted to to expedite the the travel aspect of this thing rather than uh, the comp- the other competitive aspects of it. So. Um, it'll be interesting. Um, it's a tournament. It's you know it's not designed to reward a winner. It's or you know, to to reward the best team. It's designed to reward you know the team that gets hot within the within the structure of the format. And those aren't always the same thing. And uh, uh, it'll be interesting to see how it unfolds.
0: True enough, because if the Dodgers don't win, it'll be a colossal disappointment. When you have the number of wins that they have this season, uh, anything short of a World Series title would be considered a a major disappointment.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, they already they already got a got a title uh during this run and by playing uh what was the most complicated uh uh post-season to date, one that the one that laid the groundwork for this one and that it had a, a best of 3 wild card round. Um, you know, they played over 700 ball that year. They you know, they were clearly Every bit as good as the teams that they've fielded in the last two years, one of which won 106 games, one of which won 111 games, the most since the 1906 Cubs, as far as the National League record goes. Um, You know, people uh, people aren't you know some people aren't satisfied with that proving their uh, uh, championship bona fides, and uh, you know, unfortunately, um, the more complex we make the playoff, the Major League Baseball makes the playoffs. The less likely it is that the team that, that excels over the six-month marathon of the season uh, is the one that gets rewarded. Um, you know, you're, you're, again, you're, you're, you're um, going to reward the team that gets hot inevitably uh, and wins those now 13 games um, over the course of uh, uh, October.
0: More with Jay as we keep things moving here on the program. But first, let's get right over to Adrian and get this bottom of the hour Sports Center update. who did his breakdown for the Mets and Padres, the series that uh, starts here uh, tomorrow evening. Best of three. Jay, you look at the way the Mets season went, especially with all the excitement on that uh, three-game series in Atlanta, and it couldn't have been any worse for the Mets. Their best three pitchers lost to the Braves. They lost the division as a result. And I don't know, I mean, does does anybody really want to face right now the Padres coming up in in this uh, wild card round?
2: Well, you know they've they've got some excellent pitching here. I mean, it's um, when you think about the, the 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 health question marks that are that are uh, that surround Scherzer and, and Degrom, and uh, you look at, on the other side, the Padres have Yu Darvish, Blake Snell, and Joe Musgrove, and and boy, they've uh, they've all been throwing the ball well. Uh, Darvish was uh, the NL pitcher of the month for September. Snell has rediscovered uh his fastball slider combination and uh, uh has been has, you know is back to his cy young form over over the second half of the season and joe musgrove has just been uh um you know very reliable too so i think this the the starting pitching makes this series a lot closer than it otherwise would be but you look at the depth of the lineup though and i still think that this is probably going to swing the mets way um the one area where the Where the Padres may have an advantage is if they can get the lead, they might have the more reliable bridge to their closer. um that's not to say that Josh Hader right now is as reliable as Edwin Diaz. Diaz had the best season of uh, uh, one of the best seasons of any closer ever this year um but that the the setup guys for the Mets are not as good as the setup guys for the Padres, and that's maybe one area. Uh, that uh, the, the, that San Diego has an opening.
0: I feel like Hayter pitched well, though, in the last uh, month or so he of did, the season. He
2: he pulled it together over the over the last month. He was dreadful for a while. Um, he's still his release point uh, for uh, for his uh, for his sinker ball, which was really kind of the cause of the problems because his pitches were, were were coming in at a different angle. Um, making making the uh costing him deception as well as velocity um he's not holding his mechanics as as well as, as as well as he as he has been uh in his uh more dominant days but he has been more effective lately and uh um that does seem to have set manager bob melvin's mind at ease at the very least about using him in the ninth inning
0: if you give uh, an advantage in starting pitching with the top 3 for each team who do you give it to
2: it's i would still lean a bit towards, towards the Mets, although I think if you look at um, you know the, uh, the floor for the Padres is higher than the floor for the Mets because the, the, the other starter they have in there, Chris Bassett, I don't think is, is, is as good as any of the other five pitchers we're talking about here. Um, he's a very good pitcher. He had a very nice season, but he's a much more contact-oriented pitcher. All these other guys miss a lot more bats.
0: Uh, As far as the Philadelphia St. Louis series, um, I I saw the starting uh, pitchers that the the Cardinals are going to throw out there in games one and two. And and on paper, you know, it doesn't seem like, uh, at least uh, to start, that Jose Quintana and then uh, coming up uh, on Saturday – uh, Miles Mikolas is going to be on the same level as a you know an Aaron Nola and a Zach Wheeler. Um, yet the Cardinals still found a way to win ninety plus games this year, Jay. And and I think that's the biggest key. They've got you know they've got home field and trying to make the most of it.
2: Yeah, I, it's you know it's um, I think maybe a little bit more of a, of a um, or a little bit less of a, a imbalance than than the other than the other series here. I'm actually trying to pull up our our uh, postseason playoff odds here. We've got the, the series that I profiled, the Padres-Mets, is, is almost 60-40 in favor of the Mets. Um, the Cardinals, on the other hand, are actually slight underdogs uh, because the Phillies' starting pitching is, is, is the better with Wheeler and Noah uh, and, and Ranger Suarez. Uh, so that should be a really interesting series.
0: Where do we find the postseason player odds on Fangraphs?
2: Okay, if you go to fangraphs.com and you look under uh standings, yep. it's uh there's there's um ah. you'll see there's projected standings, playoff odds, playoff odds graphs and then Zip's postseason game by game odds. Those are sensitive to the choices of starting pitchers and the modeling uh of of who's available uh pitching-wise for that and uh uh we adjust those game by game and and as things change and uh um, it's it's pretty neat how it works.
0: Interesting to me that right now, the Astros have the highest probability of winning the World Series.
2: Um, that's basically just has to do with the route that they have to take. They don't come up uh, against, uh, um, I guess you know in their bracket, they don't have as they don't have as many strong teams in their path, whereas the Dodgers and Mets have each other in their paths, um, you know in the in the possibility that the Mets advance. Uh, either one of those teams having to beat the other is is more difficult than having to beat, say, the Padres, just just to use an example, yep. um, or or whoever the Braves have to face um, on the other side of the bracket. That's uh, you know the, the Braves are more heavily favored on that side, um, so it's uh, it'll be interesting to see how this works.
0: Um, I want to mention to our listeners that um, in addition to all of the baseball material you've been writing about regarding pennant contenders and, and all the big storylines with this season, you've also given us a couple of uh, Cooperstown notebooks going back to pitchers born in the 60s. That's
2: right. I did. Um, this was a project I, I was working on just before the end of the lockout and had to kind of table it. But uh, I've been writing using my, my JAWS system, uh, uh, a modification of my jaw system that's that's a bit more favorable in terms of putting the workloads of uh, um, late late 20th and early 21st century uh, starting pitchers in context, with an eye towards um, how we're going to be evaluating pitchers, uh, you know, including including the ones who are uh, still active now, because we're not, you know. Justin Verlander is the last pitcher to throw 250 innings, and that was 11 years ago. Um, and most of the pitchers in the Hall of Fame uh, had a lot of big 250 inning seasons. And you know, just the game has changed. Workloads and pitcher management have changed. We've got you know, uh, pitch counts, bullpens, higher strikeout rates, um, you know, more pitches per batter. Uh, so, you know, the expectations have changed, and we need to we need to change how we evaluate these guys. And so anyway, I looked at those pictures from the 1960s here, and uh, two of them who really stood out to me were David Cohn and uh, Kevin Brown. Mm-hmm. Brown, uh, uh, unfortunately for, for his case, he was uh, mentioned in the Mitchell Report, and I understand, you know, why somebody would... Uh, um, uh, in you know in his time, why somebody would would maybe not have supported his candidacy, but I think his, I think he deserves another look uh, I certainly think David Cohn uh, deserves uh, a longer look. He went both those guys went one and done on their ballots and uh, um, i think uh, uh, really uh, were a lot better than that in fact better than some of the guys who were in the hall.
0: Before I wrap it up with you with your beer pick of the week, give me a quick take on Tampa Cleveland and Seattle, Toronto. Do you think those are two series that could go the distance?
2: It's three games, of course it could go the distance. It doesn't take very much uh to to distance here. Yep. Um yeah. We'll see a lot of these go the distance because I mean, you know, any team can win back to back games, but these are you know, these teams are not that far apart. Um you know, once it's all said and done, you're going to see some good pitching here because you're not going very deep into the rotations here.
0: Well, I'll say this. It's better than a one-game winner-take-all.
3: Well, look,
2: I love, I love the, the intensity of a one-game winner-take-all. I mean, you know, you, I think you appropriately hobble uh, the team that didn't win the division. Um, this is, uh, you know, I don't know. It's, I, I'm, I've got mixed feelings okay. about it. Let me this. ask you
0: this. Would you rather see a best-of-five at this round than a best-of-three?
2: No, because, well, look, I think a best-of-five or best of seven is, is a best-of-seven is a more fair fight. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, I, th- I want to reward winning the division and have fewer teams in there. I think letting a sixth team into the postseason just dilutes it. Yeah, it's like the um, NBA
0: and every other sport out there now. Baseball is— Yeah, I
2: mean, the thing about the five-team format is after a day, you had four teams— uh, in in each in each league, and and, and and the survivor of the wild card game had pitched its ace, and so was not on equal footing with the other with the other teams. And I think that was that to me was, was a was a was an appropriate uh, level of uh, being hobbled. And this one, I'm not so sure we've got the balance right.
0: I like the reseeding idea you gave us. I think that's something that actually baseball should think about, especially after this season, if one of the big favorites gets knocked off early. You there? Yeah, I don't know if you heard me. I said oh, I you liked your idea. Yes, I'll, yes. I'll, yeah, I liked your idea for reseeding, Jay. That I do think is a good idea. So
2: yeah, I, I I hope that they can adjust, but I suspect we're probably locked into this format here for 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 the duration of the CBA. Yeah. Uh, before they adjust, we'll All see. Right.
0: I need a drink. What do you recommend for me, beer wise?
2: Okay, this is uh, another one from Threes. This is their 2022 Harvest Fresh Hop Ale. It's uh, uh, harvest time and uh, um, this one is is it's their origin story beer. Uh, I got a, a a four pack of it last week. It had been canned, I think, on Monday, and I got delivered on Thursday and drank it on Friday. And wow, <laughs> just a wonderful, um, wonderfully fresh beer. Um, this one, I think it's, uh, I'm not sure which, which which hop it was. I'm I'm, I'm I think it was uh, Centennial, um, but just a really nice. Uh, easy-drinking, piney IPA. Um, i got to get some more of this.
0: Nice job as always, Jay. Appreciate it. Enjoy the weekend games, and we'll talk to you again right back here next Wednesday. Sounds great. Thanks. Jay Jaffe, folks. Follow him on Twitter at j underscore Jaffe. Check out his work at fangrafts.com. 43 past. We'll go to ABC 7 News. Come back with more in a moment right here at 600 TS El Paso. The hour at five twenty. Lane Frank will be dropping uh, by via Zoom in the six o'clock hour, and we'll go over the games uh, with Lane in our uh, next. Um Listener who's going to challenge Lane. Good prize, by the way. I love that. We'll talk about that coming up in our 6 o'clock hour as well when we bring them on. And, uh, man, this has a chance to be a lot of fun. I just hope that, uh, you know, Lane can bounce back after a really – Nef Poppy had a ridiculous week picking games against him.
1: Yeah, Lane's going to have to redeem himself tonight. Let's see what he could do, Steve. This is going to be another big week for him to try to get back on the right track and uh, a lot of great games to
0: cover. Starting with the Colts-Broncos tonight, that game kicks off at 6.15 on Prime video and this is a big one isn't it Broncos are two and two Colts are one and three both teams are in really a need of a win Colts don't want to fall to one and three uh one three and one that'll that'll kill them Broncos and they could probably you know they could survive, especially with what the Raiders have done early on, but they want to start try to stay near the top of the division.
1: Yeah, I hate this game. I just simply put. I, I just I don't like both teams. Broncos lost Javante Williams. That he seemed like their entire offense haven't gotten the entire the passing game going whatsoever. Uh, Colts can't get anything going. Uh this one could be one of those oh, and no Jonathan Taylor, by the way, for Indy. But this could be one of those games loser leaves town, loser's done for the season. If it's Frank Reich who loses with Indy, maybe he's canned by the the weekend, and maybe he's the first head coach fired. If it's uh, Denver and Nathaniel Hackett losing again at home, uh, yeah, I have some Serious, serious questions for that uh, team and what they're doing.
0: A lot of talk right now about Russell Wilson being overrated based on the start that uh, Denver's had and, and ultimately how fans have expected much more from their quarterback that they didn't just trade for, but then they gave him a huge contract afterwards.
1: Yeah, they mortgaged their entire future to try to go after an aging quarterback in Russell Wilson, who, by the way, didn't really have it last year. And la- last year really showed you uh, what he didn't have under his belt. And it's not like he was missing DK Mech. Calf with the Seahawks not like he didn't have a, a good defense with that group so yeah I think I think it, it might just be over for us. and even if he brings it right on the back oh. uh right back on track what would he do in the playoffs when he faces better competition like okay beat the bad teams but what can you do against good teams
0: oh that's 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 why they they have to win tonight at home this is really more of a must win I think for uh for Denver than it even is for Indianapolis right yeah, I'm with you completely on that. Although I do like Frank Reich as a coordinator, and that might be where he ends up at after uh, you know if, if uh, Indianapolis ends up getting rid of him. Sure, he's a
1: quarterback whisper. He could be an offensive coordinator somewhere. I I would not be surprised to see him bounce around, and get another job immediately.
0: No doubt. All right, so that's all coming up uh, in our uh, um, second and third hours when we talk a little football. In fact, coming up next, it's Lee Sterling. He'll lead off our five o'clock hour live with you on 600 ESPN El Paso. Start of hour number two here on Sports Talk. Welcome back, everybody, along with Adrian Broadus. I'm Steve Kaplowitz. You know this, man, because each and every Thursday at this time, we get a chance to hook up with the one, the only, Lee Sterling, ParamountSports.com. We are in October. That's what it's all about, one of his favorite months of the year. But we're now also about a month and change into the football season. And, Lee, I think that's what's even more exciting right now is we're starting to get into conference games in college football. The NFL is about a month old. We're at least getting a little better handle on what to expect on a week-by-week basis.
3: Yeah, you, you, I think you put it well, Steve. Uh, there's not going to be many more surprises um, we've already seen the Kansases, the TCUs and the UNLVs of the world. And, uh, now they're really going to have to coach the kids up even more. They want to keep winning. So, uh, you know, at least we've seen every team play at least one quality opponent. So, uh, I think I've got a pretty good feel excited about this
0: weekend. I think the toughest part of some of the injuries that we've been dealing with in college football, major stars, Bryce Young possibly going to be out this weekend and how that affects Alabama. Quinn Ewers coming back this week for the Red River shootout, but more than likely Dylan Gabriel will not be back because of the concussion symptoms he suffered last week. Those are the bigger storylines right now. Imagine also, what would Ohio State be like if they had Jackson Smith and the all these weeks and not have to miss him?
3: Yeah, I mean, you're talking about probably ten, probably you know four of the top ten, fifteen players in the country, and they are that important. Makes it even tougher too is the NFL. They don't give you any breaks. It seems like every guy that's dinged up is listed as questionable. So, you know, you're you're playing a waiting game and a guessing game sometimes. And. And, uh, you know, they're not doing you any favors.
0: That's very true. Very, very true. All right, let's get things started then with our five games this week, and it will be three college, two pro games. Uh, I'm impressed that you stayed away from the Red River shootout. Uh, Instead, we are starting on a game that I'll be honest with you, Lee. If you would have told me that the first game on today's docket is San Jose State and UNLV (laughs) – I would have said, what are we, back in a time machine to the days when UTEP was playing in the whack with all these schools? But, (laughs) hey, that's the case. San Jose State is a touchdown favorite over UNLV. Tell me why we picked this one to get things started here today.
3: Because this game could determine who wins their side of the conference. I mean, whoever thought this would happen. Both teams are much improved. And Chevin Cordero comes over from Hawaii. He has not thrown an interception. 135 pass attempts. Um, they play quality defense. I mean, this is a defense allowing just 15 points per game. So uh, they're well coached. They're, you're not going to hit them up top. Uh, many big plays, they make you earn it. And uh, just think that UNLV, uh, they're going to be up against it here. So uh, I just think that San Jose State, just just, just a solid team and really coming of age. And the only... The, UNLV's only played one good defense, and that's Cal, and they only scored 14 points. This is going to be a quality defense they're playing. So let's say they score 17-20. I, I think San Jose State's going to score 30. I got this game 30-20 to 20 Spartans.
0: You've been doing this a long time. Yeah. When was the last time San Jose State was this relevant in football? A
3: couple of years ago. they went, Didn't they go 7-0, regular season?
0: Was that during twenty twenty during the um,
3: yeah. the COVID yeah.
0: year? Okay. Yeah. Okay.
3: Before that, probably before I was born.
0: I was going to say <laughs> it's it's interesting to me how they've turned around that program because most people yeah. thought that when it comes to just relevance in sports as San Jose State, they haven't really been relevant in basketball, and now right. but suddenly they're getting relevant in football, which is really interesting.
3: Yeah. So give them credit. You know, they're not gonna they're not gonna get too many. You know, they're never gonna get a four or five star athlete. It's just yeah. not gonna happen. But, uh, you know, with the transfer portal, they had the kid a couple years ago from Texas A&M, transfer quarterback. And, you know, you can get a backup at a school or a kid that, you know, falls out of favor with a new coaching staff. So you can get some some quality guys. You just got to work a little
0: harder. With the NIL now in place and San Jose, California, Silicon Valley, I would think that they could become major players in the NIL market, especially as far as group of five schools go.
3: Major players, um major minors, maybe. <laughs> there you go. I don't know. I, 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 I don't I, I just don't think there's the money and the interest that much. It's it's just not big enough. You know what you need? You need a rogue guy. Like Miami has John Ruiz. John Ruiz just throwing out millions. Um I like I that. mean, I heard him interviewed and he said he's he's happy with, with the return he's getting. I mean, happy? The team has done nothing this year. He says so he's getting returns. Trust me, he's lying through his teeth.
0: All right. Now, I've never done a Google search on uh, most prominent San Jose State graduates. I would love to know um, who they are and uh, the big names. Um, Well, I mean, there's a philanthropist, Donald Lucas, but he died a few years ago. Exactly. Um, You know, I'll be honest with you. Peter Ubaroth was like the coming up on the list, so yeah, okay. it's it's not exactly a long list, so right. that is interesting. It's
3: not it's not like it's not like Michigan, Texas, no. uh, Harvard, Penn, thing, schools like that. So Good I'll point. give you a name. Mark. So um, uh, so my wife actually graduated in 1983, the the 82 graduating class at the high school where she went. My girls went. Um, Jeff Bezos showed up to the reunion, 40 year reunion. Oh my over gosh, weekend. that's yeah, a that's yeah. a
0: great story in itself. Yeah, and oh. he
3: actually grew up. He went to Palmetto, his house was two houses down from where I live. So, you have any good could, uh, you have any good I, stories I on been, Bezos? Yeah, I could have been I could have been walking outside, and he might have been going to see his old house, mm. and I missed it. Unbelievable.
0: All right. Yeah. Next game, yep. Louisiana Tech and UTEP. La Tech, two point favorites at home over the Miners, who are coming off of the back to back wins against Boise and Charlotte. Louisiana yep. Tech, it's hard to really figure them out because of who they've played so far this season. Right. How do you uh, how do you decipher this one, Lee? I think the key is if if they can run the football.
3: Whenever UTEP runs the football, they're successful. So, if they fall behind, or they decide they're going to start putting it up a lot. I think that that's where they get in trouble. So I'm, I'm, I'm starting to see the semblance of a running game here. And I think they're facing a team that's not much better than Charlotte. I, I say keep running the football and, and and then mix in some play action. That's where I think they're at their best. I, I think the wrong team's favored. I think they're going to win this game here 30 to, to 24.
0: All right, and that takes us to our our third and final college game, Utah and UCLA, a battle of uh, nationally ranked teams in the Pac-12. UCLA is undefeated. They're at home, and they're four-and-a-half-point underdogs uh, against the Utes. The public is on Utah. They love Utah in this game.
3: They think that the the Florida game was a fluke, and since then they put it all together. They are playing much better football. They're still without their start, tight end. I don't think they have any other guys that really scare you um, catching the football. They obviously have a top tier running back, but let's look at UCLA DTR, which has lost every single time to Utah DTR only played in one of those four games. So with Zach Charbonneau at running back, who is a bell cow, he is a workhorse. Um, He loves contact. Um, He loves to carry the ball 25, 30 times. And then also getting Bobo from Duke. Not many teams have a red zone target like him, Six five. You know, he really wasn't talked about much when he was at Duke because they were just so bad. So um, smart move by him going to the right team. And I think Utah's defense, they got talent. They just, just haven't played up to their potential. They're making some stops now. I like UCLA, wrong team favorite. I think they're going to pull the upset here, 34-30.
0: Lee Sterling with us from ParamountSports.com as we move from college over to the pros. All right, let's begin with a good one, too. Dallas coming off of three straight wins since Cooper Rush has been starting at quarterback. They are going to be uh, visiting a Rams team coming off of a loss on Monday night to the San Francisco 49ers where they did not look good against that San Francisco defense. That being said, the Rams are four and a half point favorites against the Cowboys as the schedule suddenly gets tougher for a rushing company. Uh, give me your thoughts. So, not only
3: didn't they look good, Steve, I think they've got some real problems. And you know, you you'll hear the announcers allude to their offensive line problems. They lost three or five starters from last year. That's part of it. Matthew Stafford not the same. Obviously, had finally came out had offseason arthroscopic surgery. And he's not the same. And they have no second, third, or fourth receiver. Nothing. I mean, it's amazing how barren they are. Most of their guys that are playing outside a cup probably wouldn't see the field except for special teams on almost every other team. I'm going to give you another name. They'll never say this. I think Cam Akers is done. Cam Akers, a lot of times when you have a knee injury or you you blow your Achilles, the first year you're not the same after you come back from the injury, the second year, 95% of the time you come back, they have not said a word about this. He has no explosion. He looks slow. So don't be surprised if he's let go at the end of the year, Dallas defense. I love the way they're playing right now. They're playing with an edge, rushing the passer. Their DBs are coming up and making plays. Let's call
0: for another upset. Dallas Wins this game 24 20. Oh my God. That means Cooper yeah. Rush. The talk is going to get even crazier. No, he's, not, he's, he's
3: not. He's not. He's. I mean, there'll be some people mention he should stay in, but Dak's yeah. much better. Trust me. Dak doesn't have to worry about his position.
0: And that's still Jerry Jones. Is that, That's a dream for him if he could possibly go 4 and 0 with Cooper Rush at quarterback. So. No,
3: then he might have to
0: pay Cooper Rush some money. That's yeah. not his dream. That's exactly. <laughs> that, that's true. That is true. All right. Wrap it up with the Monday night game. Vegas yeah. finally wins their first game of the season. They're one and three going up against the Kansas City team that looked awfully good last week uh, against Tampa. They're three and one. They're home. They're seven point favorites on Monday night,
3: and they've owned absolutely owned the Vegas Raiders. And I think they're going to continue to beat them. They've won eight of the last nine. Covered uh, seven of the last nine in this series at Arrowhead. The last two two games that they played last year, I think they won 41-14, 48-9, just dominant. I mean, Mahomes threw for almost 700 yards in those two games, seven touchdowns, no interceptions. And uh, I thought that game last week, and I was on Vegas. It was, you know, they played hard. Still, they weren't great. They had that fumble return for a touchdown. That 14-point swing, I think, was the difference in the game. And I thought the officiating was terrible. They could have called Vegas and I and— Trust me, I was happy they didn't. They could have called them for another 7-8 holding penalty. Their offensive line has got problems. Both tackles are weak, and I think the biggest difference is their back end on defense isn't good enough to slow down Mahomes. I like uh, Kansas City. Sometimes you got to lay it if you want to play it. Kansas City wins this game here 38-14.
0: Excellent. Lee, uh, we're in October for you. That's one yep. of your biggest months of the year. Let's talk about that, not to mention game of the week, which is uh, kicking off in about an hour.
3: Yeah, love this game tonight. Uh, Denver and Indy. think I've got the right side. You want to get it. It's call 800 400 9741. First 10 callers, get it for free. 800 400 9741. How much have we been on a roll? Last week, nine and three for our clients. The week four, nine and two. Two weeks before that, eight and three and six and three. Adds up to a 32 and 12 run. I don't think anyone has a documented record that can. Match that anyone wants to get involved four weeks through the end of October. We call it Locktober. Just $297. Use coupon code SAVE100ParamountSports.com. And also, a lot of other free pick videos. So, you know, let's say you want to hear my thoughts on the Texas OU game. Alabama. I mean, they're playing Texas A&M, one of the most anticipated games of the year. Everyone's been talking about that. Uh, Kansas playing TCU. Check out all those videos, ParamountSports.com.
0: Terrific stuff, Lee, as always. Appreciate it. We'll look forward to having you uh, back with us again next week. Okay. Thanks, Steve. He's Lee Sterling, folks, as we continue here on the show. More in a moment. But first, let's head out to Charlie One for traffic. Then it's on to Jeff Erickson. We'll talk a little fantasy football with you next. With us in about 10 minutes from now. Excited about that following the Dallas Cowboys update with Christy Scales. He'll join Adrian, yours truly, and uh, another listener will be picking uh, against Lane for a chance to win. Just like last week, when Neff Poppy made it a clinic. Let's be honest: twelve out of sixteen winners. That's pretty. Uh, that's seventy-five percent. That's that's very very good.
1: Yeah, very, very good. And uh, Victor did a great job last week picking all those games going up against Lane. It, I think, um, you know, for our listener who's going to be chiming in today, it's going to be a tough one trying to go up against Lane. And for Lane, he's got to get back on the winning track, Steve. Let's yes, see what he, he can does.
0: do. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. So we'll find that out coming up in our final hour of the show. Also, uh, if you want to read about uh, what happened last night with uh, El Paso Locomotive FC, uh, you know what? Uh, again, it's it's a rough spot when ultimately, you know they've they put themselves in the, in a position now to, well, um, give up three second half goals and lose to uh, the switchbacks, Adrian, and that's also up at six hundred Paso dot com.
1: Yeah, tough loss for them. Let's see what they could do to just try to hang on to those playoff hopes, the small uh, you know bit of chance that they have.
0: Yeah, and I'll tell you something else. Um, we were interviewing uh, Lucho on the show, and he did what he normally does. You know, he scored yesterday, which is impressive, Um, but the defense just... They, they couldn't get it done in the second half, and ultimately that's really what it's all about. That's that's what happened. That was the difference between um, Locomotive FC trying to salvage this one at home or, unfortunately, uh, losing a game they absolutely couldn't have.
1: Yeah, now next up, Saturday against Orange County SC, uh, a must-win final home game for Locomotive FC. And, yeah, it's a tough one when you lose a 4-1 game against Colorado Springs like they did. 100%.
0: 100%. So, again, you want to read about it? Joe Rod's got the story up right now at uh, six hundred ESPN El Paso dot com, and uh, you know, gosh, uh, you've got to wonder. Tomorrow is really, a, or a, for a Saturday, I should say, is a game they, they, they they have to win. They don't win this game. Most likely, they're not making the playoffs, and that's going to be a tough pill to swallow for a lot of Locomotive fans.
1: Yeah, I think that fans understood that it would be a little bit different uh, without Mark Lowry, who's now with Indy 11, but uh, I think the one thing that they're going to have to, well, that they're getting used to right now is just kind of going through adversity. You know, the past couple of years, Locomotive FC have been so solid. You haven't seen much of the adversity hit this team, and uh, you know, in such a roller coaster type of year it just seems like this is just a little bit of a down a downhill spike right here as they
0: just try to keep their playoff hopes alive I mean the, the hardest part is trying to play your best uh, your best ball at the end of the season and uh it's it's just been it's been a mixed bag all year long for El Paso you know they've they they started slow they got hot went back to to struggling again then won some games and now uh you know you You have a week and a half off. You had a big game you need, and unfortunately, Colorado Springs was just better than them in that second half.
1: Yeah, it's just a disappointing game if you're a fan of Locomotive FC. uh, You know, Lucho Solanac playing sharp on the offensive side, but just couldn't get it done defensively uh, to beat out number 3 seeded Colorado.
0: Absolutely. Hey, give me your thoughts on what uh, Tom Brady said, talking about how there's just a lot of bad football this year.
1: Well, it's real interesting. I think that um, you know we've seen over the past recent years, uh, these pass-heavy quarterbacks take advantage of uh, secondaries that really haven't adjusted. And I think what you're seeing right now is defense adjusts to the uh, soft coverage uh, that we've seen in years past. I mean, look at uh, Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs and how they've had to reinvent their offense a little bit without the likes of Tyree Kill. You can't be solely dependent on one player. You can't also be just dependent on the passing game. You have to be very balanced to have success in offenses this year I don't think it's necessarily that bad but that's also a product of a lot of players not playing in preseason this is kind of like that preseason experience for some of these guys That,
0: that, that could have a lot to do with it Brady called it just poor quality of football which is really a it's a telling statement from a guy that's been around uh, twenty plus years.
1: Yeah, I think th- things are emphasized differently nowadays. I, I don't think that uh, teams practice uh, with the same intensity as they did before, for better or for worse, right? Because yep. you're limiting, you're trying to limit injuries at times and stuff like that, uh, limiting hits. So yeah, I I don't know. I think that we've seen this across the board that uh, the game is evolving, and at least for the first part of the season, it's a it's a slow start.
0: I'm with you on that one. All right, two quick hours in the books. When we come back. Uh, Lane Frank's going to join us. Looking forward to that conversation. He'll be with us via Zoom. Plus, a listener will have a chance to go head to head, toe to toe, right after Christy Scales, Dallas Cowboys update coming up, top of the hour, 600 ESPN El Paso. Sports talk brought to you by River Oaks Properties, by the way. So, thank you, River Oaks Properties, for making this possible. Lane, welcome back. Uh, good to have you on. How are you? Of course, appreciate it. Excited to get some good picks. Oh, I like the uh, schoolyard sports background you got there on location, oh, yeah. and the and you've got the hat on. You're you're just yep. you're rocking it right now. That's good. Yeah, you gotta have the hat on, uh, yeah. I noticed that. And by the way, uh, your hat even has your name on it. That is that yeah, is impressive. Yeah, it like, cool. It's it's all about marketing, right, Lane? All about marketing. That's all. That's all the game is. Marketing, Steve. I hear you. Uh, I'm with you on that one. Hey, by the way, uh, Lane, I want to congratulate uh, last week's contestant in our picks, uh, Neff Poppy. Man, Nev Poppy was—he was good. Lane, twelve out of sixteen NFL games. Yeah, hard, it. yeah, hard to beat you when you're seventy-five percent, right?
4: Yeah, the one that got me was he picked Falcons over Browns. I did not see that coming at all.
0: Some of the other games that he picked RVA were just kind of, you know, flip of yeah. a coin
4: more than anything yeah. else. Were
0: you yeah, disappointed bro. in the Rams in their performance Monday night uh, against the Forty ers
4: I was very disappointed in the Rams, but I, not to say I didn't fully not expect it because Cal Shanahan does own. Sean McVay all-time, and he won the regular season twice
0: against him last year. So it wasn't fully unexpected to me, but I should have known better to pick four in ours. Hey, by the way, uh, I do want to congratulate you. You did very well picking college games this week in the uh, Chick-fil-A uh, Sun Bowl Selection Contest. Now, you actually picked better this week than the week you were the celebrity picker. In fact, you almost, you almost won the contest this week.
4: Yep, second out of uh, 283, and I nailed the tiebreaker. On the dot on the dot. those fit so what is the over under in Florida State versus Wake Forest? I put 52. 31 plus 21, 52.
0: Congratulations. You hit it on the nail. You hit the nail on the head. The only difference is uh we're picking NFL games, not right. college. Now, you I, so, I, I I understand that, you know, college is your specialty. College is really what you have uh have talked about and, you know, continue to talk about uh, you know, whether it's our show or your podcast, but NFL, important. I mean, these are a lot of these uh, these games are are fun games. Do you find that it's a little tough to pick NFL because of all the parody there is in the league right now?
4: Uh, there's so much parody in the NFL, but there's also a lot of parody in college football, so not going to treat it like anything different, but still get perfect picks.
0: All right, good. I like that. That's confidence. That's what, it, that's what it's all about, Lane. Um, meanwhile, we also have the uh, Major League Baseball playoffs getting ready to start tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Before we yep. get to that, your thoughts on uh, Aaron Judge uh, hitting 62? Uh, I mean, it's
4: the great. you could say it's the greatest season of all time, but you can't say it's a home run record. The home run record is 73. That's a record. That can't be changed. Now it can be argued that Aaron Judge had the best season because Barry Bonds has 73 home runs, and that's just a record. But the 62 home runs by Aaron Judge might be the best season ever. I mean, congratulations to Judge, Pastor Roger Maris, amazing stuff.
0: I think uh, Barry Bonds had a better season than, Mar- uh, than, uh, than Judge because if you think about it, he was walked – over 120 times that year, which meant he had that fewer at-bats to do the kind of damage that he did. Teams pitched around him with the bases loaded because they didn't want to see him drive in more than one run, which is, if you think about it. So um, understand that when Barry Bonds was in the height of his greatness, he is, and, and you could put them up with Ruth and some of the greats, one of the most feared hitters in the history of the game,
4: yeah. Let me ask this right here: Who's better, all time, Pujols or Barry Bonds? I think Pujols is the greatest of all time. Second most RBIs, third most home runs. Hank Aaron could be up there, but uh, if you're not kind of player took steroids, yeah, I'm taking uh Pujols over up uh,
0: anybody. No, I'll take Bonds over Pujols, and I'll tell you why. If on steroids, I'll take no, Bonds. no, no. That, nothing to do with steroids. Now, first off, listen: if you want to get into the steroids discussion, then we need to get rid of. Jeff Bagwell, we need to get rid of... Um, Mike Piazza. We should get rid of Pudge Rodriguez. We can get rid of everybody that played in that era. Because the truth is, even if those guys didn't test positive, there's still plenty of rumors circulating that a lot of guys just didn't get caught. Lane, they didn't get caught. Yeah, so sense. why should some be in Cooperstown and be celebrated, and others like uh, like like Bonds, uh, you know, just ostracized for for what happened? Remember, he never got caught. You could say what you want about Balco and the cream, the clear, and everything else, but technically, he never got caught. No, no, you're absolutely right. Bonds should be in the Hall of Fame, no doubt about it. Stouts-wise, he's the
4: greatest baseball player of all time, one of the greatest athletes of all time. But, I mean, everything's just always going to be there, that dark cloud over it. But Bonds should be in the Hall of Fame, greatest player of all time. It's like Pete Rose. He didn't even take steroids. He's just a pure talent. He should still be in the Hall of Fame. No other sports really do this. No other sports really exclude Any of their talent. Yeah, I mean, Barry Bonds should be in the Hall of Fame. Barry Bonds is the greatest player of all time. And then you can put Pujols number two for me.
0: All right. Well, look, I'll say this about Pujols. I mean, Albert's the interesting thing about Albert's career arc is this. If you look at the first 10 years of his career, amongst the greatest to ever play the game, like nobody did in the first 10 years what Albert Pujols did, but the next 10 He battled injuries. His production started to drop. Like everybody that ages, Albert Pujols in his 30s into his 40s was not the same as Albert in his 20s. And then all of a sudden this year, he turns back the clock, and you start to see this incredible revival of a guy that looked more like when he was in his heyday in St. Louis than he did all those years uh, with the Angels. You think there's uh, any chance that Pulis is on steroids right now? I mean, there's been rumors about yeah. Pulis. Yeah. There's rumors he lied about his age; that he's yeah.
4: actually older than uh, than he portrayed when he well, first broke into like the game. It's like everybody. I mean, it's like everybody. It just crazy stuff back then. The thing is, this
0: there's always going to be rumors, and and unfortunately, when Fernando Tatis Jr. tested positive, that has has really dealt a big blow to baseball. Because here's a guy that was among the best young superstars in the game. You Now you wonder about his first few years, and that'll make you wonder about everybody playing the game. Are guys just, you know, finding ways to get around it and still doing it? Or are guys truly clean? We will never know exactly. the answer to that, which is why you it's hard to just distinguish between player A and player B because you don't know if one tested positive and did it and the other one did it and just got lucky, never tested positive. So people look at his, look at him differently as a ball player. I mean, everybody always thought Jose Altuve was juicing when he had the
4: one of the best seeds ever by a second baseman. He was so short. Little did we know he was cheating, but in a different way. So, yeah, you'll never know. Cheating's a part of baseball. Everybody says that. If you're going to talk about excluding guys who took steroids, like you said, Piazza, all these guys – they exclude guys on the Yankees who are rumored to also do that cheating scale. The Red Sox, everybody, Mookie Betts—you could say everybody on those teams. How do
0: we know for sure that Jose Altuve cheated? If rumor, ha- hey. how do we know? How do we do, do? you think he was wearing a buzzer when he hit the home run? No, to beat, uh, you know. So I don't. Okay, I don't. but at the same time, Altuve was apparently one of these guys that if they tried to bang the can when he was up. He was getting physically upset by it. And what they actually show is that when he was batting, he had the fewest number of trash can hits of any player on the Astros because he didn't want to know what pitch was coming. I mean, I still don't even know how much this impacted guys' careers. I mean, Carlos Correa was
4: the number one pick. Bregman was a top five pick. Altuve was a good prospect. So, I mean, these guys still have talent. They're not like scrubs. George Springer still has so much talent. They're still playing really well. I mean, Bregman's had a few up and down years since then, but, like, they're Mm -hmm. still top players.
0: Adrian, you want to jump in on this conversation we're having with Lane right now as we uh, get ready for our NFL picks coming up next? You know,
1: I think it's so interesting because it goes era to era. And I think that in all sports, we go from era to era. But, Lane, you, you said something so interesting to me uh, about the expansion of the Hall of Fame uh, and, and maybe how baseball excludes players while other sports have more players and they're way more inclusive. What what do you think is the right way? Do you like kind of a select group of players and it's kind of an exclusive category like baseball has? Or do you like to have it a little bit open? Kind of like what basketball, you know, what we see in the, in the basketball hall.
4: Of fame? I mean, NFL is obviously like really open a lot. I think as the most uh, professional sports in the Hall of Fame. I, I mean, it's not the hardest against it. I mean, people are talking about like Derek Carr getting to the Hall of Fame and his crew's over. He hasn't even won a championship, probably won't win one. Yeah, I think MLB needs to be more open.
0: Not as exclusive. I mean, it's the Hall of Fame, but be more open. Who is saying besides you that Derek Carr belongs in the Pro Football Hall of Fame? Look it up, Steve. Look it up. People are saying it. People are saying it because Okay, do you believe
4: Matthew Stafford should be in the Hall of Fame? No. Okay. If you said yes, I said, say, what's the difference between Matthew Stafford and Derek Carr besides the ring?
0: No, I don't. I mean, okay. and, and I'm not ready to just jump all over Matthew Stafford. Listen, the fact that he Matthew played gotcha. for Detroit, that's his problem, not mine. How do and- these guys should be in the Hall of Fame?
4: Let me put that out there.
0: I mean, I'm not I'm – not, listen, uh, Dan Marino never won the Super Bowl, but Dan Marino retired. He knew he was the greatest quarterback uh, at that time that ever played the game. Yeah. So, you know okay. – Um, And and some will argue that, too. They'll argue that with guys like Unitas, uh, Marino, Montana. Although I watched Dan Marino carve up the Jets twice a year for his entire career. So I get what you're saying. All right, but before we take the break, come back with our our listener, and we get to go pick them uh, game by game, including the start of the Colts-Broncos, which gets underway momentarily. And by the way. No looking at the first draft for, this right, for the right. first uh, for the first possession. We got to keep this strictly on the up and up. Um, thoughts on the baseball postseason, which will be getting started. You're a Mets fan. They are getting ready to play the Padres in the wild card round. Will the Mets escape and uh, get past the Pods? Not gonna lie, Steve. I'm a little bit nervous. Mets against
4: the Padres this season have been pretty terrible. Now it's without Juan Soto. I think we have two wins. The Padres have like. Six games, not the greatest. I think we can get it done against the Padres. I'm actually happier that we're in the wild card instead of winning the division because the Cardinals are the hottest team in baseball right now, you could say. The Dodgers, they obviously have the talent. But the Mets have been very good against the Dodgers this year. Their record against the Dodgers this year, they have a winning record. I'm not so worried about that. I think we can take down the Braves, the Cardinals,
0: in NLCS. If you make the World Series against the Yankees, you have home field advantage. What's with all the we talk regarding the Mets? What's going on? What's what's going on with that oh, we stuff?
4: Are you not a person who does not say we? If I'm talking about Michigan football, I say we. If I'm talking about Michigan basketball, I say we.
0: If I'm talking about the Mets, I say we. Giants we, Knicks we. What's I went. Different? I went to the university. I'm a fan. I'm Listen, a part of it. I went to the University of Texas. I I, I gave them four years of, of God knows how much In money. We. No, it's they. Right. It's the Longhorns. It is not we. I grew up in El Paso, a UTEP fan, and uh, you don't hear the word we come out of my mouth when I talk about the minors. Uh, so listen, Ridiculous. listen, listen. Ridiculous. You got to say No, when you are in the media, and you are now, because it is Schoolyard Sports Podcast of yours, in the media, no, we talk. None of okay. it. You have to remain unbiased. And if you're biased, that's fine, but don't throw the we's out there. That's that is- if, I'm talking on, if I'm talking on my show... If it's about Michigan, people
4: know I'm biased, so I'm say we there. But for the Knicks, everybody else, I'll say they. But when I'm talking at
0: home, it's all we. Oh, that's 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 home. That's, that's your home. house. This is when this you're is... at home. You say we win if Quinn plays. No, no. I've been doing this 27 years. I'm not going to suddenly drop we's when I'm home. No, <sighs> nah, dude, absolutely not. Me. All right, listen. That's. I like this. This is good. This is this is. We we beg to differ, right? That's yep. what it's that's what it's all about. Adrian, uh, I know you're you're getting a kick out of the we talk, aren't you?
1: Yeah, I've I've been on both spectrums of this. Yeah. Uh, breaking into the media, like okay, Lane. I'm I'm part of the the older millennial journalism classes where they they ingrained it in me and said like hey you cannot say things like we they all that they they told us at one point you can't even be fans of sports and then now I've kind of swung the other way and thought eh, if you're a fan of stuff say we like it's okay I you know the one sport the one team that I say we for is the Rams I'm okay. a Rams fan so I'll say we at home I don't say it usually here um, sometimes I'll let it slip
4: all uh, right yeah. I mean, Steve, you see Mike Greenberg on ESPN. He's saying we. He's talking about the Jets.
0: Uh, that's 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 greeny. That's fine. That's yeah, I mean, a, you know, that's... same thing for me in Michigan. I'll say we. All right. You're going to go to school. What if you don't go to school in Michigan? Then do you drop the we? Probably not. All right. So you're keeping we up. Even, even if you go to school someplace else, Michigan is still the we for you, huh? It's
4: still we. Michigan is still number one. All
0: right. Fair enough. We're so gonna I'm
4: come- not going to be... I'm not going to be outrageously biased. I'm not going to put Michigan number one in the standings right now. I'll have them at number four like everybody else.
0: Okay, I like that. Do you think they'll stay number four after this weekend? I think so. All
4: right. I mean, I don't see them losing. I don't see any of the top three teams losing. When
0: we return, we will bring on our uh, guest listener. We'll pick games with Lane, and he's joining us again. Thanks to our friends at uh, River Oaks Properties. More in a moment after uh, Charlie won in this traffic update. 16 past here on Sports Talk. Lane Frank back with us every Thursday at this time. He's the host of the Schoolyard Sports Podcast. Uh, who do you have uh, the, in terms of uh, the, the newest podcast, which drops today? Tell me a little bit about what you've got going on, Lane. Uh, so just dropped on all audio platforms. It's going to be dropping later on all video platforms, but
4: um, we got a lot going on. i got my Schoolyard Sports Scream, and it's just a great segment. Uh, college Bus Showcase. I give you my hot takes. My biggest college football hot take this week, LSU over Tennessee. Big bomb right there. And, yeah, just great stuff in that episode. Go tune in.
0: Who do you have uh, winning the Texas OU game?
4: Texas. I have actually Texas winning by a lot. So uh, that was one of my hot takes. I said Texas dismantles Oklahoma because Texas is a good team. And Oklahoma is going to be starting general booty at quarterback because uh, Dylan Gabriel's out. So, uh, yeah, Quinn
0: Ewers. Yeah, Quinn Ewers is back, by the way. So that's yep. going to be really interesting. All right, uh, listen. We're going to do the picks right now. Unfortunately, our uh, our listener – does not have the technological savvy of getting in on Zoom. So he tried, he failed twice, but he's going to be on the phone. So what I'm going to do is our listeners are not going to know the difference because they're going to hear both you and him. You're probably not going to hear um, our, our caller. He'll hear you. But well, what will end up happening is I'll have to relay his picks to you for game by game, okay? So that's okay, okay which is going to be really interesting. Let's welcome Pinky into the program. Pinky, uh, one of these days we got to give you a crash course on how to get in on a Zoom conversation.
5: <laughs> I have no excuse.
0: No, you I, have I, you have no yes, excuse. Yes, that's true.
5: Yes, I do. No, but, no, no, thank you very much, and I appreciate it. Before we get going,
0: mm-hmm. I just want
5: to say happy National Coaches Day to all the coaches out there, that, and especially the ones that know. have – could pick up me. I like and that. They know who they
0: are. Happy National Coaches Day. Good answer. I like that, Pinky. That is that is very nice. Now, uh, I don't know if you can hear Lane. Let's test it out. Lane, uh, would you like to say uh, to any coaches happy National Coaches Day? Any coaches you want to give a shout-out to?
4: Happy National Coaches Day to Jim Harbaugh, everybody. The best college football coach out
0: there. <laughs> I love that. Uh, Pinky, did you hear that? Yes, I did. Oh, uh, good. Okay, so basically Lane, everybody can hear but you. This is okay, the yeah. this is what happens when you're on Zoom and our listener is on the phone. But that's okay. So here's I what we're going to do. We're going to uh we're going to pick uh, NFL games. We'll start with Colts Broncos. That's the game going on right now. Pinky, I know you're on the honors system. You're not watching the game. But we're just going oh, yeah. straight up winners. It's in Denver at Empower Field, a mile high. Pinky, start us off. Who do you like in Colts Broncos? Denver. All right. Pinky likes Denver. What about you, Lane? I got to go with Denver also. Russell Wilson, cooking, keeps it going. Excellent. By the way, Adrian, what are we playing for this week? What is Pinky playing for?
1: Well, Pinky is playing for two free axe throwing sessions at a relax. This is uh, axe throwing that's here in El Paso. Great friends, oh, yeah. Julian Huerta out there. Uh, two free axe throwing sessions. If, if Pinky's not a fan of axe throwing, he can give it off to his grandkids or his
5: kids.
0: Uh, trust me, Pinky's a fan of axe Have you ever thrown an axe before, Pinky?
5: Man, I was born on a ranch in the farm. Are you
0: kidding? Okay, so Pinky's not, uh, yeah, that, that, he's not shy about that. How about you, Lane? You ever gone axe throwing before? No, but, man, I'd love to try it. All right. Well, uh, we can take Lane Axe throwing, can't we?
1: You know what? I promise you this. Lane wins this week. He's getting these passes. I promise you. Awesome. (laughs) We
0: will will do that. All right. Let's go to uh, game number two, gentlemen. And, uh, Lane, we'll start with you this time. Giants Packers. It's in London at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. It's going to be 730 in the morning here in El Paso, 930 your time, New York time. Who do you like in this one? Man, Steve, uh, you know I'm a massive Giants fan, and you told me not to say we, so I'm going to
4: say they lose this one. I picked for the Giants in every game of the season, even against the Cowboys, but, uh, yeah, Giants lose this one. Aaron Jones, El Paso native, gets a big game in this one, wins
5: the Packers.
0: All right, so uh, there it is. Uh, Lane going Packers. What about you, Pinky?
5: I agree with him. Packers all the way.
0: All right, Packers all the way. So so far you guys are both picking the same games. Let's keep moving. We'll go next to the other New York team. Jets hosting the Dolphins. Dolphins are three and one. Jets are two and two. It's at MetLife Stadium. It's an early game on Sunday on CBS. Uh, Pinky, who are we taking in this one?
5: I'm taking the Jets. It's They're at home. They're playing good ball.
0: Not good mm. enough to win yet, but they're going to win this time. Wow. Jets with the win, says Pinky. All right, Lane, what are your thoughts? All right, uh, Zach Wilson's slashy. He's got it
4: going. They're running the ball well. Garrett Wilson's playing well. With that being said, I'm going with the Dolphins. Go Teddy Bridgewater. Go Dolphins. Mike McDaniel's a good player. I a mean, good coach I'm in. Uh, Utilizes his players well, Jalen Waddle. And... uh yeah, and Tyreek Hill, so I think they won this one, Dolphins.
0: All right, uh, so you uh, disagree on that game. That's the first game you both disagree on, which takes us to our fourth game of the day. A lot of early games. Let's talk Bills and Steelers from Orchard Park. Bills are 3-1, and one, hosting the Steelers at 1-3. Uh, Kenny Pickett, Lane, getting his first start of his career in the NFL. Uh, it's in the name, Pick, so he throws a lot of picks in this
4: one. Kenny Pickett loses this one. Uh, yeah, they, they're throwing him to the fire here. Their next four games against the Bucks bills the eagles one more uh, contender so yeah i don't like this decision by all by uh, mike Tomlin. yeah i think bills uh, toast them all right what about you pinky
5: i'll i'll go with uh, with um, um the bills
0: all right no, no doubt about it all right so you guys are both in agreement there next up chargers and browns a battle of two and two teams this one's going to be at first energy stadium in cleveland um let's start with you pinky who do you like browns at home or chargers on the road
5: I'll take the Browns at home.
0: All right. Pinky is going with the Browns in Cleveland. Uh, your turn, Lane. And uh, this was an awesome game last year. in
4: uh, so far, it was a crazy shootout. I think the Chargers won that game. But, yeah, Chargers won this one. Again, go Justin Herbert. Roll Chargers.
0: All right. So Lane's picking Chargers. Pinky's staying Browns. Excellent. Next, we keep moving. Two and two Bears visiting Minnesota and the three and one Vikings. Bears are 0 and 2 on the road. Vikings are 2 and 0 at home. Lane, is there any doubt about who's going to win this one at U.S. Bank Stadium? Uh, Absolutely no doubt about who's going to win this one. Vikings are 3 and 1. They're going to make the playoffs this year. They didn't make it last year
4: or the year before that, but they're going to make it this year. Justin Fields, maybe he's nearing that area. Is he a bust or is he showing flashes? I really don't know. But um, yeah, Vikings won this one. Justin Jefferson
5: Cooks, that Bears secondary.
0: Excellent. What about you, Pinky? Vikings or Bears here?
5: Vikings. Vikings all the way. They, they're playing good ball right now.
0: Okay. Now let's talk about a couple of teams not playing good ball. The 1-3 Lions against the 1-3 Patriots. This game will be at uh, Gillette Stadium in Foxborough, and there's a possibility that Bailey Zappi could be making the start for the Pats. Pinky, lead us off. Who's going to win their second game of the season Sunday?
5: I'll take New, New England. They're playing outdoors, and it's going to be a little bit cold, so I don't think Detroit's ready for the cold even because they play indoors.
0: Okay, so there it is. 57 degrees at the kickoff, and uh, Pinky going with the Pats at home. Doesn't think that uh, he thinks the cold could be a factor here for, against the Lions. What about you, Lane?
4: Okay, uh, slow your roar out right
0: there, Steve, saying these are
4: two really bad teams. Their records are bad, but they're good teams. Lions, amazing offense. They'll find Dan Campbell's, they're going to bite your kneecap off. Uh, Patriots, Great team. Bailey Zappe, though, um, a couple years ago, two years ago, he was playing at home stadium. Half stands, half a CVS the Houston Baptist. Now he's playing at Foxborough. Now he's playing Patriot Stadium. Uh, I got the Patriots win this one, though. I'm agreeing with you, Pinky. They play well in this one. They run the ball well. Bailey Zappe showed flashes last week.
0: Get the dub. Listen to me. I love Bailey Zappi. No bigger Bailey Zappi fan than me. I saw what he did at Houston Baptist. He right. carved up UTEP years ago. Then he went to Western Kentucky last year and threw for over 6,000 yards. I had to make sure. Just had to make sure. Yeah, let I me mean, make sure. All right. You're going to know the name, too. Trust me, pal. That's going to be a household name. Uh, they're going to be wearing Zappi jerseys in uh, New England Bro- when his career is over. Zeroes awesome. record. Most touchdowns ever in the college football season. That's right. All right. Here we go. Next game, Fox, Seahawks, Saints, 2-2 two and two Seahawks, 1-3 and three Saints. It's at the uh, Caesars Superdome in New Orleans. Um, all right, I'll let you uh, lead us off this time, Lane. Tough, tough game. Rashad Penny ran the ball great last
4: week for the Seahawks. Geno Smith played great for the Seahawks last week, but the Saints were without Alvin Kamara. They've been without Alvin Kamara, or he's been banged up at least, for the past few weeks. It was across the pond last week. They didn't do so well. Willowett barely missed his second 60-yarder of the game. They get redemption. They win
5: this one over Seattle Seahawks.
0: All right, so Lane takes uh, the Saints. What about you there, Pinky?
5: I agree with Lane, what he just said. Uh, I think the Saints are going to win.
0: Okay, keep moving on. Falcons and Bucks. This one will be at uh, Tampa. Falcons are two and two. Bucks are two and two. Uh, this game will be on Fox at eleven o'clock in the morning. Tom Brady is mad. He's saying that football is garbage this year. He's uh, maybe he's got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. Pinky, what's going to happen when the Falcons and Bucks meet up?
5: Um, I think uh, uh, Brady's going to come out slinging like he usually does, and he's going to. Go through his regular passing game, which is short and sweet and quick release. I take the Bucks. All right, Bucks
4: for Pinky. What about you, Lane? Uh, Tom Brady plays like he has bags on his shoulders. I mean, plays with a chip on his shoulder every single game, even if he won the Super Bowl the year before. Uh, but I, the Buccaneers are going to win this one. I said going into the season, the Falcons beat them at least once out of their two games, but that's going to be in Atlanta later on in the season. I get the Buccaneers winning this one.
0: All right, Falcons burned you last week, that's for sure.
4: Yep, yep. March Mariota.
0: <laughs> That's right. That's right. All right. Lane's not impressed at all. Let's keep moving on. We'll keep going. Now we've got uh, two more early games. Titans and Commanders Lane. Get us started. Titans are 2-2, two 1-1 two, one one on the road. Commanders 1-3, 1-1 one one at home. Uh, Commanders brought all the stops last week in Dallas. The
4: alternate uniforms. Maybe they get Brian Robinson back in this one, but at most he will get like two or three carries. Then they'll eventually ease him into it. Yeah, Titans win this one. Derrick Henry. Run the ball well. Ran the ball really well last week. I got the Titans winning this one.
0: Pinky, your turn.
4: Titans,
5: they're just going to run all over them.
0: Okay, you're both in agreement, which takes us to the Texans and Jags, Pinky. Texans are 0-3-1, and Jags are 2-2. and It's in Jacksonville. Who do you like?
5: Uh, I'll take the Jags. Uh, Houston does not look good at all to me.
0: Lane, Pinky says Jags. What about you? Uh, I'm in agreement. Jags have an
4: identity for the first time in a while. They run the ball well, and they stop the run well. Give
0: me drags. 49ers and Panthers, our first late game of the day. 49ers are 2-2. They're 0-2 on the road. Panthers are 1-3, 1-2 at home. It's going to be in Charlotte at Bank of America Stadium, Lane. 49ers eat up Baker Mayfield in this one. Not even close. 49ers go all the way. All right. 49ers say, Lane, what say you, Pinky? I
5: agree with him. 49ers all the way, even though I hate to say that.
0: Okay, Cowboys and Rams are next. Cowboys are three and one, one and zero on the road. Rams are two and two, one and one at home. It's at SoFi Stadium in Inglewood. And uh, since you guys are both in agreement for the last four, five, uh, five six—I don't know, like eight games in a row. Let's see what happens this time around. Pinky, who are we going with here? Rams or Cowboys?
5: My heart says Dallas, but my brain says. The Rams. I'm going to go with the Rams.
0: All right, Pinky says heart with the Cowboys, brain with the Rams. He's taking L.A. at home. What about you, Lane?
4: Yeah, Steve, you got to bring some listeners on that aren't diehard Cowboys fans. We had Neff Poppy last week, and we have Pinky. Uh, yeah, Rams won this one, not even close. Not even Either close. Taking down. <laughs> okay, let me rephrase that. Maybe it's close. Maybe it's like 31 to 17, but more than the score seems. I think Rams just they they're mad after last week. They got a chip on their shoulder. Sean McVay knows to the game playing against Mike McCarthy.
0: Cooper Rush wow. gets
4: sacked in this one. Give
0: me the Rams. Maybe Matt Stafford is really hurt though, right now, Lane.
4: Oh come on, no. I mean, they can run the ball well. Daryl Henderson, uh, yeah, Cam Acres. They're going this
0: one. All right, Eagles and Cardinals is next. Eagles are undefeated, four and zero. Cards are two and two. They're winless at home. It's going to be out at State Farm Stadium in Glendale, Lane. Who's winning? No, you, know, Steve. You say I'm biased with the Giants.
4: Uh, Eagles are the best team in the NFL. It's not even close, and they're our rival. Eagles are such a good NFL team. I don't. I'm not going off a record. They can run the ball well. They have one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Don't dispute me on that. Eagles go all the way.
0: You said our. All right, that's fine. I'll let it slide (laughs) after our first segment. That's good. Um, What about you, Pinky? Are we going Eagles or Cardinals here?
5: I'm gonna have to go Cardinals. I've been Uh... there before in that stadium. Okay. And I've seen him pull some upsets. Pinky Cardinals. Favorite teams. Mm-hmm. So I'll take I'll take the Cardinals.
0: He sure did take the Cardinals right now. Any message for Pinky taking the Cardinals there, Lane? Oh, it's gonna be a good game. Kyler Murray's an amazing quarterback. This is an
4: amazing team, but uh, no, they're not being the Eagles. No, no. I don't care if they in Glendale.
0: Sunday night game: Bengals and Ravens. <laughs> they're both two and two. Bengals are one and one on the road. Ravens are <laughs> zero and two at home. Um, all right. Uh, let's get it going. Pinky, who we taking? Bengals or Ravens here Sunday night?
5: Ravens. Uh, the Ravens play really good at hmm. home, ninety-nine percent of the time.
0: So I'm going to take Ravens and Lamar Jackson. Ravens and Lamar Jackson for pinky lane. What do you think? Ravens are 0-4 in their
4: last four home games. That's the all-time record for them. They lose a fifth straight. No, 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 no. Ooh. Lamar Jackson gets the dub. They run the ball well. J.K. Doms, easing him back into that role. Burrow, I think he still plays well in this one. Give me the Lamar Jackson, though. They're mad after the last week.
0: Ravens, you're both in agreement there. Okay, final game, Monday night game, Raiders and Chiefs. Chiefs are 3-1, and one, Raiders are 1-3. One this one's at Kansas City at Arrowhead. Is it even going to be close, Lane? Uh, it's going to be close, but uh, Derek Harden, Ames, one and Devontae
4: Adams 1-3 right now. They could very easily be 3-1 and one right now, but uh, Chiefs win this one. Chiefs, a good team. They have that tough loss to the Colts. It's in Arrowhead. They get things going. Patrick Mahomes makes his, some ridiculous plays. We see it all the time. Saw last week in the goal line against the Buccaneers. Chiefs win it. All
0: right, no what problem. about you, Pinky? Raiders or Chiefs? I think the the
5: Chiefs are going to win that one, and it's going to be closer than a lot of people think.
0: Okay, well, you're both in agreement there for the Chiefs and Raiders. So the games you disagree on this week, Eagles and Cardinals, that's one. You also disagree on the Chargers, Browns, and the Dolphins-Jets. So there we go. Those are the three games you disagree on. Otherwise, the two of you are very much on pace with each other. Lane, what are your thoughts to Pinky? You want to, what, what do you think? Are you going to wish him luck this week? What do we have? Uh, I'm not going to wish him luck, but
4: uh, maybe on the games we both picked, I'll wish him luck there. But, um, yeah, thank you so much for calling in, Pinky. Appreciate it so much. Uh, yeah, good luck with your picks, I guess.
0: Okay, so there he is. Good luck with your picks. Pinky, any message you want to give to Lane right now?
5: I'm just very glad to window. see someone with his youthful youthful age mm-hmm. being interested in, in stuff like this because, you know, it's hard to get kids to sit down and watch a game sometimes. So to see him being interested in sports overall in general, he's my kind of guy. Love sports.
0: All right, good. Uh, you're Pinky's kind of guy because you love sports, especially at the age you're in. So Pinky was giving you all props right now, Lane.
4: I appreciate it, Pinky. Appreciate it for calling in, Ella. Making these picks against me, for sure.
0: Good luck this week, Pinky. Uh, We'll see how you do, okay?
5: Thank you, sir, have a good weekend. Go Miners!
0: There you go. Pinky's all about it. Lane, we're running out of time. Before we end it, tell me a little bit about what's coming up on the latest Schoolyard Sports Podcast. Latest Schoolyard Sports Podcast. You can see my college football hot takes.
4: You can see my top five MLB teams heading into the postseason. You can see my MLB award show, Justin Verlander, for Cy Young. And uh, Paul Goldschmidt for NLMVP. Those are pretty, I mean, those are two picks I'll throw out there. Easy ones right there. Uh, yeah, go tune in. Amazing episode nine, number 94. Go tune in. All audio platforms soon to be released on all video platforms.
0: Good job, my friend. Enjoy yourself. We'll chat with you again right back here next week on the show.
4: Appreciate it. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, you Adrian. You got See it. See you,
0: Lane. There he is, Lane Frank, giving us the lowdown. Love it. In fact, um, I'm impressed. These two are very much in sync with each other.
1: Steve, at the buzzer, we finished that segment. I love it. The Zoom expired right at the buzzer. It was awesome. Those two are very in sync with each other. Only a couple games that people have to keep in mind for this contest today.
0: I'm interested in that, especially since Lane went Dolphins, Pinky went Jets. God help us. Uh, And in the other games that they went, Lane went Chargers, Pinky went Browns. And in the other final game that they uh, both split on, Lane went Eagles, Pinky went Cardinals.
1: Yeah, select few games. That Cardinals pick, what's going on there, Pinky? Oh, no, but,
0: but you know what the good news is? Because they disagreed on three of them, there's not going to be a tie this week. We are going to have a winner for sure.
1: I kind of like fixating on just a couple games like
0: this. It's a lot of fun, isn't it? It is a lot of fun. All right. Good job again. Lane Frank on Sports Talk every Thursday, brought to you by River Oaks Properties. When we return, final countdown. But first, final sports center. Adrian's back with the latest.